Knockout Ginger, episode 41. This week's guests are Umbrella Pine, an incredible duo made up of Magdalena Abrego on guitar and Allison Burrick on woodwinds. They were supposed to come through Toronto in July on their album release tour and a couple things came up. Thanks again for listening. This is one of my favorite episodes, even though it sounds a little bit like the Blair Witch Project. Shout out Zoom. Stay safe out there. F all the haters. here sorry i'm late how's it going technology <laughs> um yeah. i think yeah does this work for everyone yeah okay cool Good. you know we at this point we all know how zoom yeah. is yeah <laughs> yeah Yeah, so far my voice memo has like a good four minutes of me being like, Mike, I can't hear you. <laughs> Perfect. We'll yeah. put it in the in the teaser. <laughs> so what's uh what's been happening? The same thing over and over again. Yes that it's like that movie the groundhog day groundhog right? day that's the one i'm okay <laughs> groundhog day yes which i actually just saw for the first time a few weeks ago <laughs> and you already don't remember i've this never is... seen it this is 2020 <laughs> i have to watch it again yeah yeah i have to like self groundhog day with the movie you know, so i can remember it the truman show is where everything is like a part of a production like this guy's reality is not reality it's a tv show which doesn't feel like a huge departure from 2020 either so i feel like that's a forgivable mistake thank you thank you how about you mike i've seen i'm you know i haven't seen either of those movies but i feel like i what you know whatever uh um this has been an idea of mine uh since well, the summer. I wanted to do this like after that gig got canceled. Thought this would be a nice idea, and I got really lazy, <laughs> so I stopped podcasting for um, a while. Congratulations for no longer being um, lazy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm still lazy. Just, I just, I just pick my spots. <laughs> um. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna start playing just now. So. <laughs> I was. This was a trick. This was an ambush solo bass show. Would you like Umbrella Pine reacts? My take on solos. Yeah. Um, where are you guys right now? Um, I am in Somerville, Massachusetts, where I reside. Um, I'm in my studio. Yeah. I'm in Montreal, Quebec, 
where an nice. hour is So at. you finally, finally made it. Yes, I finally crossed the border. It was hard at first. I don't know if I told you, but I was turned away the first time. Um, yeah. The second time was the charm. Made it through. And now I'm here. So Sweet. Yeah. How long have you been here? Or, um, I mean... Since mid-June. That was when I crossed. So just about nice. six months or so. Sweet. How's it been so far? It's been good, but it's hard to get to know a city in a pandemic. So I like in the summer, you know, we could play out in parks, um, distance from people. And that was really good. But then Montreal has been in a lockdown again since like October. Um, so there hasn't been much playing happening. Right. But... Yeah. Same here. Yeah. It's tremendous. Yeah. Just a lot of people. I mean... <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's chaos, but as long as we're. You know, <laughs> this is so it, comforting, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking chaos out here. But, um, uh, this is just where we're at. So like, the dream. But uh, living, the, yeah, the, uh, whatever this is, but it's fun. Like, connecting with people on zoom for podcasting has been it so it started off as like a real fucking chore and it was like this sucks it's a lot of work and now we're so deep into quarantine i'm like all right let's do it let's do them all let's do two a week let's let's go so um fuck it stopped recording zoom you're killing me. No, we're totally oh, no, we're, we're, we're rolling. I think. I think. We're yeah, I think. Yeah. I got an. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> this has been thrilling. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. I keep getting internet notifications saying whatever. Let's. I'll just power through and I'll. We'll get what we get. Yeah. yeah, we'll get what we get. Maybe we get 15 <laughs> seconds for Instagram, and that'll be fun, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Am I freezing no, you're for you all, guys? No, you look great, yeah. No. No. It's great. Okay. Allie, I'm pretty <laughs> upset that you didn't get the, the, beanie, the beanie memo. The beanie memo? I know. I know. I'm like... I don't know whether or not to like let my long hair. I'm growing this out, this shave, and I don't know if I should let it like be alone. But I have like this really nice mohawk that you can see like a little bit of, um, and yeah, I decided to just let it flow and be free today. But usually I do wrap a beanie because Canada's very cold. It's very cold, especially when you have no hair. Especially when one ear is completely exposed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you guys have any, I mean, I ask everyone this and it, it can get dark, but that's fun. Um, do you guys have any sort of like forecast or prediction as far as when we're going to be playing again? So today I read this article that there's some guy, this professor, who uh i guess like he's some sort of specialist in like 
the history of like human uh destruction (laughs) he was like oh yeah yeah according to my predictive models this is going to last at least another five years like this civil unrest and disruption and it was like great (laughs) what's one year two years three years five yeah (laughs) um i personally i personally like don't plan on playing a show in 2021 I, I don't think it's gonna happen. I hope I'm wrong, but really, don't know. and I mean, like a show, show, not like a outdoor thing or like a virtual thing. I don't know, Allie. What do you think? I don't know. I'm. I think I'm a bit more optimistic, but <laughs> um, yeah, I think like it seems like Canada is going to be a little more open to having venues reopen with vaccines, but I don't know. That might just be like maybe naive and and hopeful and optimistic foolishly. But I think like, I think there will be gigs and there'll definitely be like the virtual shit, but um, I'm hopeful for summertime again. I think people will take advantage of that, but hopefully it'll be like safer. Um, I don't know. I think, I think Umbrella Pine will, rise in 2021 umbrella pine will rise like <laughs> phoenix yes exactly <laughs> yeah i don't know what do you think mike i it's tough um the the jazz club that i work at I, i'm super skeptical of like being around people and you know i just like um I mean, I'm being very cautious and the jazz club that I work at is closed currently, but we opened back up for about a month and a half and it felt super safe. There was like a bunch of glass up and the band played behind Plexi and I'm the door guy. So I screen everyone super hard. Maybe that's why I feel like it's my responsibility. So I also feel safe because I grill people and they often leave because I grill them too hard, but it's possible like yeah it's just the problem is it's not sustainable because you have way less people and it gets really sketchy when you have a really small room yeah but it's possible um as someone who is like i feel pretty okay like if i didn't care so much about coming to visit my parents and um and things like that i feel like i would be a lot more fast and loose with the rules but um yeah as someone who's erring on the side of caution i do think it's possible so i don't know i also in these times i have to preface everything by saying like i'm obviously not a scientist or a doctor so (laughs) Go get your information somewhere else. I don't think that's obvious. I think you could be a scientist or a doctor. Why not? I mean, I went to school for pretty much the same (laughs) amount of time. Doctor. So. (laughs) I just got an email telling me that uh, the Zoom call has started. So just to keep you guys in the loop. (laughs) <laughs> um you guys went together 
Is that correct? Yes, yep. we did. We did. We were randomized roommates, basically. I was already there, um, so I came in 2012, and Allie joined in 2013, and I had a vacancy in my dorm yeah. room. And I got this letter in the mail that was like, Allison's arriving from Kansas City. And I was like, uh-oh, this is, this is not going to go well. Um, <laughs> I was so, I was so delightfully surprised. <laughs> yeah yeah she thought I was gonna be like a bible thumper or something but uh lo and behold <laughs> I was not <laughs> sweet so and Magdalena you still work there I do that... still work at Berkeley um in some capacity and I actually think that my relationship to institutions is why I'm so cynical about <laughs> live music coming back just because I hear all this chatter from <laughs> Um, some larger venues, institutions about um, when they're planning on booking again. And I won't speak for Berkeley, but um, I guess I'll speak in general that I hear about booking venues being on hold at least through the spring, if not the summer. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking like maybe fall 2021 if things aren't completely up in flames by then. Um, yeah. I wonder, like, who do you think is going to get those first gigs? Like, is it just automatically going to go to, like, Brad Meldow or, like, you know, the high, high, high up jazz people? Or do you think that there's going to be, like, some sort of uprising of, of DIY or, like, you know, other venues, smaller venues that will host people like Umbrella Pine, you know? I don't know. What do you guys think? I've been wondering that. I mean, I think... Oh, go for it, Mike. I think All you. <laughs> you go first. I'm bad at I'm bad at conversing. Okay. I think uh, there's going to be a the my prediction this whole time has sort of been like once we're however long it takes, once we are kind of coming out of this, um, I think the DIY type shows are going to get much larger, and the huge artists are going to be playing in smaller rooms and i think both are going to be sweet <laughs> both both of those things are going to be awesome i think um but i just don't see a way for like a huge theater act like meldow to like jump right back into theaters right so I think they're going to hog up all of the smaller rooms and then people like me are just going to have to find bigger, bigger basements to play in. Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, I think you're right on in terms of like finding the basements because when I look around, all I see are venues closing, like small, small-ish rooms, even medium-sized yeah. rooms. Um they're closing. And so I feel like one, even when the music economy reopens, I'm just like, where am I going to get? Like, where am I even going to go? Like, I'm just going to have to build my own space or, um, yeah. And I, I know that this is just part of life places close and then places open, but I do worry about how long that rebound is going to take after this particular economic downturn. Um, because I, I just have a hard time imagining someone 
uh, coming out of the pandemic and then just like going out and getting a small business loan for an avant-garde jazz <laughs> venue. Um, I don't, I don't know that I see that happening. So I definitely think that there's going to have to be some sort of like DIY network to try to revitalize our performance opportunities outside of the so-called system. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm into it. Like, one of my favorite shows I ever played was in a basement in Philadelphia and there was no floor. Like we were just standing <laughs> in mud and, and there was, and it was just like us and a bunch of kids. We, it was a long story and we didn't purposely drive to Philadelphia to play in a basement, but it ended up being a great experience. So like, I think, I think we have to embrace the dirt basements a little bit more. And I think we'll all have a bit more fun too i like this whole like uh professionalism thing is getting real tiresome well i think i think uh we're all super hungry for for community and for for gigs and just being with other people um so i think that we've we've got the fire to 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 build the muddy basement and people are going to gladly stand in mud to see a show because no one's seen a show in how long, you know? Yeah. 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 I, uh... Well, everything's going great for us still. Like I, I, I joke, but I think that, um, where I'm at with my, uh, whatever you want to call it, career is like, um, almost nothing has changed in these last however many months. And I only see it helping me, honestly. Like mm. a lot of people are going to get out of my way as dark as that sounds, but like people are already moving on to like real estate and like coding which is great do your thing but i'm glad that i have less obstacles obstacles to a certain extent as dark as that and as greedy as that sounds it's not a very like it's not very um what uh uh commune anti-community and what is the i don't know if there's a word you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah no i i think that that's there's something to be said about that right like it's going to sort of, it'll be interesting to see who's still around, I guess, on the other side of this. For me, it's been like me sort of pounding my head against a wall, wondering how I can use coding, for instance, to help us get out of this and like to help rebuild music economy. Because I feel like there's so much fire right now, like not only for like venues and shows and support and blah, blah, blah. But there's also this real realization of like, oh shit, streaming is not gonna pay the bills for anyone. Gigs were never really paying the bills for a lot of people. Um, like what is what is our economy? Like there's so much space for that infrastructure to be rebuilt. And I think that I'm hopeful that the people who actually care and who are gonna be around on the other side of this are like down to sort of like rebuild in a really intentional way. And maybe I'm just like being super optimistic or super naive about that, but I have to hope for that because the idea of returning to so-called normal is just like 
way too dark for me. Does that make sense? Is this all yeah. super dark? <laughs> yeah. Uh, dark is good. Yeah. Dark is the vibe here. Uh, I th yeah, I totally, totally agree. There's no other option. Like, it's not, I don't think it's that, well, I don't want to speak for everyone, but um, restarting this is going to be pretty simple for me. Like, I just need a, I just need a room. Yeah. And everything's back to normal. <laughs> so. just like sitting in the basement sharpening the knives until it's time to get out there you know like i don't know it feels dark but it also feels pretty optimistic i think i don't know but then we get down the road of like when will like who knows when i'll get to play with my american friends again that's the dark part for me i think yeah <laughs> i mean it's yeah. weird like ali you and i are like an um i don't even know what the word is we're an international super group <laughs> that's the word i was looking for <laughs> relevant <laughs> international super group <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know I think about that a lot like the CBSA is literally between us um and that sucks but I don't know like at the very least I'll be able to come to the U.S. you know I can come to the U.S. now technically like I'm a returning citizen but yeah I don't know I don't know Mike I don't know when that border is going to open up like once once things once we get the green light I think people will want to play and there'll be this fire and everything and we'll hopefully rebuild um but I think for me like one of the hardest things is like believing that that it's there sometimes like I don't know sometimes when I talk to people like you I'm I'm reignited with like optimism but you know these long winter nights like it's just you kind of forget that there will be another reality after this like this has been our reality for so long like staying inside and like not doing anything that it's kind of I don't know. I have to like not forget that it'll be, you know, that there is a light and that it will be like over at some point. Do you guys feel that too? Yeah, that's hard. I feel like uh, I'm like working on stuff that's happening in the future. So it reminds me that there is a future. <laughs> sounds so this sounds really dark, okay. you guys. Uh, but um um ali i think you'll vibe with something that i'm hearing from a lot of other musicians right now which is this uh general lack of motivation because there is no uh traditional goal like for instance uh, a goal meaning uh playing a gig for instance like there's no uh chart that you're working yeah. on for for xyz gig um so there's no more like sort of um built-in deadline to people's practice routines for instance and so there's just like the severe lack of motivation um so I do think like the no end in sight thing is felt by like a lot of people because there there's there's no longer that yeah. 
that goal to work towards. And so for me, like to avoid the like severe depression that would just like overtake my being if I sunk into that too much, uh, is just been like making my own like goals. Like I have to make my own sort of landmarks to work towards. Otherwise I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I think my, most of my life hasn't really changed that much. I don't like, I still, I feel like I'm almost more motivated these days. Um, and even uh, we opened up for a little bit and I saw, I just had the privilege of working at a venue. So I saw, I, I saw a show every night for like five or six weeks and nearly every single band that showed up just came back breathing fire. Even if I didn't like them and it wasn't my thing, they were just like, they were on top of their shit. It sounded like they've been, they were practicing for the whole six months and even, and that also gave me like another boost of motivation to just like keep playing because I don't want to be like, uh, I don't want to be the guy that has the first gig back and then everyone's looking like, uh, he obviously hasn't played in a year kind of thing. So it's like, it's just still like a race and I still love it. So yeah. that's the other thing like I think I really love it more than I ever have because I'm noticing that it's how bad mm. I need it so it's like uh I don't know we're learning a lot about stuff and ourselves and it gets super dark but it's also like darkness is like the only way out to a certain to a certain extent I don't know Yeah, that's cool. That's that's actually pretty inspiring for me to hear because, and I wonder honestly if the difference in country is like a huge player in this conversation uh, with you two being in Canada and me being in like Trump's America <laughs> uh, because the air is heavy in the US. Um, I think that to not only be living in a pandemic and like trying to figure your own personal stuff out or your relationship to your instrument there's also just this like effect of living under the regime of a person who doesn't value human life <laughs> that starts to wear on you <laughs> after a while um so i do think that yeah. that's like another player in the room that 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 makes things uh not darker for Americans, but just, uh, it's just another thing. It's just another thing on top of a million other fucking things. Um, it can get really heavy sometimes. Um, and so in some ways, Mike, I definitely agree with you in that the guitar has been really reassuring in some ways. Like you said, you're connecting with your instrument and uh, just as you always have, if not even more, I think that that's something that I can relate to if only because it provides this sort of like consistent uh, goodness in my life in a way that nothing else really does. Um, yeah, finding your own light, making your own light. That's like the only, I don't know. But I'm also obsessed with lights, like literally, like I, <laughs> it's like an actual thing with me. So this is becoming very tangential. Stop talking. <laughs> Have you guys <laughs> felt, or I guess, 
well, I guess this applies to both of you, but more so Magdalena because she's still living there. But um, is there, do you feel any sort of relief since the election or like a change in energy at all? Or is it still like dark days? Uh, huge change in energy here. Like the day of the election, well, the day the election was called, I should say, um, strangers were literally just like, fist bumping in the air in the street and just like partying and dancing and I I drank an entire bottle of champagne at like 1 p.m um with my partner and then slept for like five hours it was the greatest day in recent memory um it was really palpable this sort of like general uh we can all agree that that was a terrible decision let's move on <laughs> um which was really nice actually and I have definitely I've definitely felt that shift uh at least in my own bubble of the united states i have no idea what it's like to live somewhere that isn't somerville right now um i can imagine it's a very different story so i definitely don't want to overgeneralize. but at least in my experience it was a huge game changer ali how did how did you feel because you're like related to it still but you're kind of living somewhere else like what was your experience of that um, yeah, I mean, Claire and I, uh, <laughs> celebrated for sure when we got the names. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a little, like, it was sad because I also wanted to, like, storm the streets because I looked on, like, social media and I would see, like, all my friends in the U.S., like, partying or whatever. And there was, like, not a peep happening in the streets of Montreal. <laughs> but but I, I, like, I knew I had, like, good company and some, some people that run a bookstore down the street and we went and, like, celebrated. And they were like, come back later for wine. <laughs> so it was, it was, like, you know, it was kind of, like, tamped down because I wasn't there. Um, but, like, fuck, man. So good. So good. And yeah. I, I with, with Claire's family, um, they're, like, the only social interaction I have. Um, <laughs> which is sad, but it's true. Um, with Claire's family, they also were, like, the mood is much lighter now too and like when I talk to my friends and family too on the phone like everyone just like yeah it's less less heavy you should, I don't know like you guys are in a band but also you're not able to like how do you it's you just are you guys just waiting it out like what are... yeah yeah I mean to a degree we're waiting it out um I've written a few things for us um and we've like talked about it and played them a little bit. Um, but Umbrella Pine has sort of turned into Magdalena and I trading lessons, um, <laughs> which is really fun. So Magdalena is teaching me how to play guitar because I secretly have a dream to be an indie and rock star. <laughs> I have a dream but... to be Charlie Parker. So uh, <laughs> Allie is teaching me all of your bebop secrets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so. That's been yeah. really fun. <laughs> nice. But, yeah, my my COVID puppy was an electric guitar. <laughs> so I'm good. Nice. That, but, but yeah, but Umbrella Pine, I mean, what do you think? I mean, Magdalena, we're, we definitely are going to continue as the <laughs> phoenix that we will become. Out of yeah, <laughs> I mean, Umbrella Pine kind of falls into, uh, I don't know. The uh, stack of on hold things that I have. It feels so on hold. And I know it doesn't have to be. Like, I know we could, like, remotely collaborate and stuff. But um, 
I just don't have the same energy for that. Uh, I feel like I've got like some real life things that take up a lot of my, um, I shouldn't say real life, I guess day-to-day type things like paying the bills that are just taking up more of my energy and focus right now. Um, so I don't feel like I have the luxury to to uh, think about, or I haven't had the luxury to think about things like remote collaboration for Umbrella Pine. Um, I'm just getting to the point where I'm starting to think about how to adapt my projects to come to come back now. Um, one of the things that I'm thinking about is like uh, doing some like solo recording. Um, I think the thing that I love most about collaborating is the being in the room part of it. So it's a little bit of a bummer to, to think of adapting something like Umbrella Pine that relies so heavily on improvisation uh, to a trading tracks back and forth type of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but we will be back for sure. Um, it's definitely a bummer to have released a record right before uh, the pandemic. Although I have to say it was kind of amazing to have had the opportunity to have our apartment at the time filled with friends right before quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Allie, when was our album release party? I don't even remember. It was like February. That was crazy. You guys both like the way you're set up on my screen, Magdalena looked down and Allison, you looked up and you guys like, it looked like you guys locked <laughs> eyes. That's amazing. Yeah, truly. Um, I think it was like February 22nd or something. That sounds right. Let's go with that. I think. I think it was like the 20 right. something. I, early I straight up was about to be like, was nice. it April? <laughs> so, uh, no, that sounds right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I encourage you guys to do a remote project. Yeah, why? Um, it, because I'm working on one right now, and every time I get dark, I just send it to someone, and they play on it, and I'm revitalized, and it's thrilling. I have to say. So I guess it's like, uh, I mean, with, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it might get old real quick if you're just passing recordings back and forth to each other. Like I'm, I'm sort of like, just, I keep bringing more people into the mix, but it's fun. Yeah, I feel like I enjoy when people send me things to play over. Like I do like that. I think I just lack the motivation to be the sender of the track. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Magdalena, I'll send something <laughs> to you maybe. Uh, and you can I will play over it. <laughs> okay fair enough uh, please please don't break up the band on my show <laughs> actually go for it it might be some nice clickbait <laughs> or something. watch umbrella pine wake up it can be like your pay-per-view special <laughs> yeah pay-per-view i've been buying all of all of the ufc pay-per-views because there's because i'm just so like starved for some sort of live sporting event i don't like two guys i've never heard of or girls that i've never heard of making each other bleed it's like why why do i what am i doing here i'm paying money for this but it's like it's it's like that there's like a 
a live energy sort of thing that's happening because it's it's real i i don't yeah pay-per-view i should do pay-per-view episodes of the podcast that's just patreon i guess yeah <laughs> sorry i'd be like let's talk revenue so we just, we just <laughs> so i think we just we just uh went through the birth of the knockout ginger only fans <laughs> right totally <laughs> i want to cut <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. Uh, where is the Knockout Ginger merch? Stickers are in the mail. Hell yeah. Um, but everything's expensive. Yeah, unless you buy like 2,000 units. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was, a, there was a brief moment where I thought I was getting a really good deal on beanies. And then... I didn't take into account that I was looking at um, prices in American dollars. And then once I did more math, it's not even remotely close to being an option. It's just so expensive. Like, and I'm not going to sell like $65 beanies. You know, that's crazy. I feel weird selling anything right now. I'm just like, I don't know. It feels, I don't know. I'm like torn because I know people have to make a living and I'm one of those people that like needs to be creative about how to make a living. But I'm also just like, who am I asking for money? Like my target demo is all in the same uh, boat that I'm in, which is like figuring out how to pay rent. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, not much has changed. Like, I'm still just going to give away my shit for free, mostly, I th- think. Yeah. I don't know. How do you guys feel about this Spotify stuff? Sharing your... Everyone sharing their... Uh, whatever Oh, Spotify is wrapped? Is that Instagram, what you're talking like their plays and their uh, Spotify yeah. wrapped. So I've never gotten a Spotify wrapped because Spotify says they don't have enough data on me. I feel like I have I have a Spotify account, I think exclusively for teaching purposes, which I don't think I need to honestly anymore because like now I find myself using YouTube a lot more. Um, but yeah, I never get a Spotify wrapped and I feel kind of left out, you guys. Aww. I think all you have to do is sign up for an artist page. I think all you have to do is like go on there and claim your name oh. mm. officially. I didn't have to do anything to get mine. Wait, so, do you mean, know. hang on, no? do you mean the wrapped numbers of your own music being streamed or like who you listen to the most? Uh, your own numbers. Oh, gotcha. Got, well, I don't have any music on Spotify, oh, so that, that's see. a big factor. I don't get to be a part of the sun at all, which honestly is fine. But um, wait, Allie, do you have music on Spotify? No, hell no. <laughs> no. Nope. 
if anything it would be umbrella pine but yeah, yeah we no. were supposed to put umbrella pine on spotify and uh i think i just dragged my feet on actually doing the thing yeah i've <laughs> actually been meaning to ask you about that every time i see the penny per stream thing i'm like maybe we're <laughs> I know, I gonna say, penny. Like, we need pennies <laughs> um <laughs> uh, uh it's kind of awkward i think it's actually really awkward the, the sharing your own spotify rap thing yeah um Wait, yeah. Wait, I have a question. And I might just be your grandma if I ask this question, but um the rap thing is people sharing their own music's stream content. It's like so there are these like little infographics that people get that are like, You were listened to twelve million times by five people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Three thousand countries. So uh stuff like stuff like that. Yeah. Weird. I uh, I've only seen the other kind where it's people sharing what they listened to, so I don't know. Yeah. What do you think of it, Mike? I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe if I had numbers worth bragging about, I might feel different about it. But it kind of feels like this. Hey, check out. It's like taking a screenshot of your like bank statements or something. I don't know. There's like just something there that's like, <laughs> what are we doing here? but I don't yeah. know. You should put yeah, Umbrella Pine on Spotify, I think. Yeah, we should. I think, yeah. I mean, I think for, in terms of just like accessibility and people like hearing who the heck we are, we probably should. Um, There's a lot of tricks. Yeah. If you like figure out how to submit it to playlists and, and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. if you actually figure out how to, it's tough like it doesn't work all the time but and it's never worked for me but um if you submit to enough playlists and you get on the right playlist that changes over to like thousands and thousands of plays yeah the playlist game i've dabbled in that in indie rock projects that i'm on and that has been like once you do get on the playlist, it's hugely helpful and beneficial. Um, so I think that that's, that's cool. Like I do like the community aspect of playlists when they're like curated by like small blogs or like small orgs or like being shared in brown paper bags or something. I think like the pay per, the payola sort of like get on my like Nike Spotify playlist thing is really dark, but um but yeah, Umbrella Pine should uh, should do should do more. And then I can and put you guys home. on my yeah. podcast playlist. And uh, yes, my seven my seven followers will probably check it out. <laughs> um, yeah, stay tuned, everyone, for <laughs> Umbrella Pine on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. My students, do you guys get this from your students? My students always ask if I'm on Spotify. Like that's the only way that they acknowledge that an artist is like a real artist is if they're on that's Spotify. That's so funny. Which is really I've funny. never gotten yeah. that. And I'm like, really? I've had like three or four of my students ask me that over the years. <laughs> so funny. I think it's because I like insist that they know that I am a professional musician <laughs> and I'm not there to just serve them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm there to search them. I'm their teacher. <laughs> but, but it's a funny question nonetheless. I've never had a student. 
So cool. I don't know what that's. Whoa. Never had that. Oh wow, it's great. It's really fun. <laughs> My but your face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess Zoom would probably make teaching a lot easier for me, but the traditional way of just like sitting in a room for 30 minutes or an hour with someone I don't really know, like <laughs> that would, I, I don't know. I like, I'd, I'd need some, uh, I'd need some like never work again money <laughs> to go to put myself through that. I think, I don't know. That's so funny in a room with someone you don't know who's also like a quarter of fifth of your age <laughs> also i'm like so tied to this idea that i don't know what i'm doing so what am i supposed to tell anyone you know <laughs> like umbrella pine is opting out of responding to that i guess i don't know what's happening <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. We I all feel know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Are you guys binging any good shows? <laughs> I, yeah, I binged a show and now I like, I think it kind of broke my ability to watch normal television because it was like very. It was called Money Heist, and it's, like, very adrenaline-filled and stressful. Like, for the whole four seasons, it's very stressful. And now, like, anything I watch feels like it's three hours long because <laughs> because I'm used to a very fast-paced show. But it was really, really good, and I have to recommend it, Money Heist. You, you, it's, in, it's a Spanish show, so you need to make sure you actually get the Spanish version and then just read the English subtitles. But it's really good. Good to know. Um, I've been looking for a show to start um yeah i've been one of these people that is just so locked in and put in so many years to gray's anatomy and that just started again and uh it kind of sucks all my favorite characters are dead but i'm just so invested in it and it's like why am i watching this and they're doing covid mm. stuff they're all wearing masks it's just like not not an ideal wow. escape from real life. I feel like that's so dystopian and so uh, on trend to uh, watch some sort of like simulation of real life as your entertainment right now. Uh, I haven't been like watching any shows, I think. Um, I've been trying to just read more because I don't know. I. I also just like right when we decided that our entire lives were going to take place on screens, I developed like a chronic migraine problem, um, which is great. Great timing. Highly recommend um, if you want to feel debilitated <laughs> and isolated. Um, so I've been trying to like read, <laughs> read in place of uh, in place of TV stuff. So I can recommend some books to you, Mike. So much. Science Based. alert, science alert. No, but I think, um, uh, do you guys listen to the Tiger Belly podcast? No. All right, then forget it. It's a Tiger Belly reference. 
shout out Tiger Belly. Thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> I've got a big stack of books that I've been slowly carving my way through. Oh yeah, any recs? Um, this guy Mark Miller from Ottawa writes some really great jazz books. Really? And all of all of them are good. Yeah. Great jazz books. Now yeah, you speak so my interest. So he. I think his first book is called Such Melodious Racket and it's about the beginnings of jazz in Canada and mm. he's he just put out um two books on two like pretty big Canadian musicians Claude Ranger and Sonny Greenwich and he's done like a Charlie Parker book a Herbie Nichols book couple other things that i'm forgetting but he's he's great he used to be when it was more of like a when it was an actual sustainable career he was um a jazz critic for a toronto newspaper Mm. and now he just writes books just writing books is quite a quite an event but cool i'll check it out yeah that's awesome can we expect a uh just for oh I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, can we expect a knockout ginger holiday gift guide? <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Uh I know this really great record uh by this guitar player and this woodwind player that you could put on the gift guide. Um yeah, we'll talk later. Is it that that first record that <laughs> Tim Byrne and Bill Frizzell put out together in 84? Uh, it's actually a record from <laughs> just 2019 uh, by this I... band named uh, uh, well, we'll talk later. Alright. <laughs> um, that's a great record. Both, both the record <laughs> that you were about to suggest and the one that I made the joke about. <laughs> Um, I was, yeah, not trying to fish for compliments, but I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> it's called Theoretically. Cool. Cool. The Timber. The Frizzell record, yeah. The Frizzell. Nice. They, uh, fun story, they, that's the first time they played together. Bill went over to Tim's house for a session and as Bill was walking in the door, Tim got a call from a friend who was interning at a studio and said, hey, we've got some studio time. Do you want to come play? And they went straight to the studio and made a record. That's awesome. That's very cool. So how about... Any any uh hard how about this <laughs> how about this mask stuff? No, I don't know. I I've got what were you gonna say? It's like any uh <laughs> any last hard hitting questions for your breath side? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I've ever asked a hard hitting question <laughs> on this podcast. Um How do how do we feel about flat earthers? 
Oh my no, gosh, I, I, I watched I'm... the best documentary <laughs> about flat earthers, you guys. Okay. So on Netflix, there is a great documentary about flat earthers. I I think it's called like Beyond the Curve or something. It's like it's got a great like conspiratorial <laughs> title. Um and it follows flat earthers around. It follows particularly this man who makes flat earth um homeware. So he makes like flat earth inspired coffee tables, <laughs> for instance. Anyway, uh it's like it's it's a model of the flat earth but it's also a functional place where you can put your drink down. I feel like I'm into this. It's really worth a watch because, okay, here's the great part of the documentary is that as they're interviewing these flat earthers, they're also uh, following around these flat earthers who are setting up a scientific experiment to prove the flat earth theory. And the experiment consists basically um shooting a laser across a large distance um onto i think it's like onto a board or like through a hole or something to prove that a laser going a far distance would hit hit a board in a certain place to show that the earth remains flat oh. for like x number of miles or whatever um you'll have to watch to see how the experiment turns out um it's a nail biter, guys. I'm already pretty invested. Right? You got yeah. to text me awesome. if you watch it. I got to know what you think. Oh and God. also, this wow. is a road we need to go further down because the way you lit up when you started talking about this documentary <laughs> is pretty special. Okay, because you just happened to tickle uh, something that Nocturnal Magdalena, which is like Magdalena post like 11 p.m., revels in which is conspiratorial thinking and conspiracy theories in general so like bring me the fucking freemasons and the like egyptians and aliens anytime past 11 p.m i'm so down (laughs) all right so how do we feel about alex jones um i don't feel i don't want to feel about alex jones (laughs) How do we feel about the monoliths that are appearing everywhere around the world? The ones that are straight out of Stanley Kubrick's 2001. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it disappeared, right? The Utah monolith disappeared yeah. overnight. Then there's, been, there's been other ones. There was like one in Romania the next day. What do we hope it is? That's what I want to know. Um, I hope it's Banksy. Um, not alien? <laughs> I recently heard this conspiracy theory about how aliens are already here because there's like some sort of like weird gene in some humans that is like unexplainable. And I'm down. I'll bite. Because I feel like whatever comes next is a different like more alien human race thing that's probably already here like great i want to see this happen i feel like i'm already living through like a bio apocalypse like bring on the aliens i'm down i want to go out with a bang you know what i mean like if we are living through the end of times like make it good (laughs) i hear you (laughs) yeah yeah tell me more about this gene 
I don't know. I don't know if it's just, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I hear things. I scroll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went down a spiral the other day about, um, how humans kind of evolved super quickly and the only other species on earth that evolved super quickly was dogs. And so there's a theory that humans were sort of bred by aliens as in the same way that dogs were bred by humans. Well, yeah, that's so intense. Um, I brought up uh, the simulation conspiracy and therapy. This like like a this is good. Now we're into it. Now we're into the knockout (laughs) part. All right. I was like, I feel like I was like, once I said it, like I think I like made like a like kind of a joke about being in the simulation. But then I was like, therapy is the last place where I should be like joking that we're in a simulation. (laughs) Like. Some diagnosis is going to roll out of this session right now. <laughs> um, my therapy would be so problematic for me. Um, why? I would say so much shit like that just to like. I say a lot of I say a lot of wild shit just because I see a laugh at the end of the sentence, and that would go. so poorly so quickly if there's someone like trying to like gauge my mental health or or you know that's like there's like that thing um there's that meme that i always see that's like uh me in therapy trying to be honest but not trying to say so much that i get committed that i i've never related to anything more Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you don't think I can? I got I got some growing up to do before I go to therapy. I think. What about being on the other side of the couch? Like, what would how? What do you think therapy with you would be like if you were the therapist? <laughs> I imagine that would be pretty dangerous. Just first all, first of all, like. Well, I don't know. What 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 does a therapist even do? Like Art is Umbrella Pine in therapy right now? Just like with you. Yeah. <laughs> what does a therapist do? Like they just smile and nod and write stuff down? I think I could handle that. I I'm not sure. <laughs> I feel like you just single-handedly offended all of your licensed social worker uh, listeners. They got to they got to learn somehow. Like, this is not the place where uh, the educated, book smart tune in for information. You know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, I guess like I'm gonna have to issue an apology to my. To a large part of my audience but whatever we'll make it through so do you have any any last uh pressing thoughts for my 
foolish listeners. Um, I've been on your show a few times now. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me back. Um, but for anyone who has heard me in previous episodes ranting about input output, you should know that input output is returning. It's coming back. I'm very excited about it. Me too. Um, so shameless plug because, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to what we have baking. So stay tuned. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Mike, this is my first time on your show and it has been awesome. I really dig it. And um, I don't have anything to plug except the Umbrella Fine will return. I'm committed to the Phoenix that is Umbrella Fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Sweet. Thank you guys for doing this. Well, we'll do this again. Yeah, it was good to see you. I I just found the sweet spot of conspiracy theories. So we'll (laughs) definitely do... I felt felt us fall into the groove as soon as you mentioned this documentary that you watched. You know, I'll I'll be back to talk about the multiverse. Um, Stay tuned.